Punters, and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, April 23. I'm John Barker from Winning Post. Joining me as usual, my colleague, Jackpot Joel Marshall. Dan is having a brief freshen up. We'll be back next week. Uh, well, Joel, we're uh, in between Group 1s this weekend uh, with the Sydney Carnival over and the Adelaide Carnival yet to really warm up. Uh, as I've written in Best Bets and Winning Post this week, um, the Sydney Carnival has just completed, did sort out, I think, a few uh, a few of the categories uh, for the Australia's Champion Racehorse Awards. For instance, there's no doubt that Nature Strip is the champion sprinter and Itsotsu, the champion three-year-old male, and uh, Fireburn, the champion two-year-old. But uh, what about the horse of the year? Uh, Very elegant, didn't quite go on with the job there at the championships, but uh, might still be in the box seat or perhaps some might uh, lean towards Nature Strip or even Hitotsu, um, even though Hitotsu didn't race against the older horses and Nature Strip hasn't won beyond 1,200. What are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, it's pretty open for uh, for horse of the year. I... Like um, you know, I, I would you know, I'd be leaning to bit towards very elegant, but you're right. She sort of battled a little bit in that second half of the autumn campaign. She was sort of a bit ordinary first up, and then improved second up. And we thought, oh well, here she is. She's back to her best, and she'll she'll probably win another Group One after that. But she didn't. Um, so it's wide open. Even the, I suppose the three year old, um, like you say, Hatotsu, and and yeah, I would probably lean towards him, but. No doubt Animo is going to have some fans having uh, won a Caulfield Guineas, a Rosehill Guineas and uh, just missing in a Cox Plate So and second in a Golden Rose. So I guess they can make a little bit of a case for him as a three-year-old. But the older horse is open. Um, maybe Nature Strip might have just uh, nudged his way in front of Very Elegant in the, in the last few weeks. Yeah, well, Very Elegant uh, has three Group 1 wins, as does... Uh, incentivise and then you've got but very elegant group on wins apart from obviously the Melbourne Cup most impressive but not much in the way of international competition and then uh, her other two group ones were just the the George Main and the Chipping Norton which aren't exactly uh, majors and uh, incentivise has a three and then you've got Zaki and Nature Strip who both won two group ones plus you know, one of those very rich races that aren't black type, which is uh, the all-star mile in Zaki's case and uh, the uh, the Everest, of course, in Nature Strip. So, yes, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the vote goes. This weekend, though, uh, we've got black type at three venues, uh, including Caulfield, where we've also got plenty of money on offer um, for its uh, gold owners and breeders day there. And uh, there is plenty of cash on offer, um, including, of course, a million bucks for the showdown, which is race six, 1,200 metres. It's uh, restricted to Supervobus qualified uh, two-year-olds by um, by uh, Victorian size or Vobus size. And um, like a lot of races on this day, there's... Uh, there's a few, uh, because of the set weights and penalties conditions, um, there are a few real standout certainties, but uh, it's, you've got to be careful how you play it because they don't all win, do they? There's always there's always one or two of the certainties that get rolled on the day. So if you've uh, 
multi them all up, then uh, you can do do all your dough. But we may as well start there with race six at Caulfield on Saturday. The showdown, 1,200 metres, set weights worth a million bucks for two-year-olds. How did you see it? Yeah, well, I guess the, the key form reference here is the gold rush at Bendigo, where a lot of these come through. Hallelujah was able to storm over the top and win that race. He was, sort of, well, she was, sorry, unwanted in betting there. Had jumped out quite well, but um, yeah, wasn't expected to win, but she did. I am looking towards that race. I tossed up between numbers five and six. I think they can maybe turn the tables on Hallelujah, but I've gone with number six, Rue de Palais, the street boss gelding from the Tony and Kelvin McAvoy yard. He'd had three jump outs leading in and, and they were all sort of quite soft before that race at Bendigo. And I didn't have him in my numbers, but I was certainly keeping an eye on him. And I thought he ran quite well. He was very green in the straight in between runners with uh, you know plenty, tra- plenty of traffic around him. But the last 100 metres I thought was good work. They put the blinkers on. I like that gear change. I think he just would have taken a stack of improvement out of that run. So I'm going to lean his way. From five, don't change. Now, he was my top pick in that gold rush, and he was very well fancied. It was a little bit easy late in the market, but most first starters are. He'd, he'd showed enough to uh, to start favourite. He was caught wide, didn't have much cover. I know a, a few ran past him late, but I thought it was a pretty good run, and he'll take plenty of benefit out of that. So I'll probably be backing both of them. One Bellow Bow comes through a different race. He was three from three in Tassie, went to listed race at Mini Valley, and should have gone close there, just never really got clear in the straight and was beaten under two lengths by Crosswinds, who was entered for this race and probably would have been favourite. So I think Bellobo certainly measures up here. And 12 Capital Express, another Nick Ryan runner. I quite liked her jump out, so I liked her on debut at Cranbourne. There wasn't a lot of pressure on her. She found the front, but she did give a good kick and she certainly looks to have a fair bit of upside about her. But I'll lean the way of six from five, one and 12. Uh, well, it won't surprise the listeners to learn that I am going for the Tasmanian unbeaten over there, unlucky at the Valley, as you mentioned, Bellow Bow, to beat Hallelujah, New York Hurricane and Sir Bailey. So that is one, nine, three and two. Now, Ruta Palais, Joel, was your value bet on the program? Tell us about your best, uh, which comes up in a race eight, the Vobus Gold Mile. Yeah, I've made the best of the day, number three, Junipel. He's um, been entered a few times and sort of been kept on ice, probably for this race, because he's quite well placed under the weight conditions. Uh, His first up run was a cracker at Flemington, giving plenty of weight away. He ran some really good late splits. And the next time out, he pulled up lame, did get galloped on. So you can be forgiving for that. As I say, he's been entered for a few races. He looked, um, I thought it was a good race for him, the Doncaster Prelude on a wet track, because he can handle the wet, but they didn't accept and then he was entered I think last week as well but uh, looks the right race that they've kept him for third up ready to peak he's performed well at Caulfield before so pretty keen on uh, on Junipel in the Vobus Gold Mile. Uh, well my best is uh, race seven number 12 Swats that who is one of the aforementioned uh, weights specials on the card that is the uh, that's the Vobiscold Sprint uh, over 1,200 metres. Obviously, Swats Badu, look, it never wins, but uh, just the uh, last three starts in Group 1s, including, of course, uh, second to Nature Strip in the uh, VRC Sprint Classic and then uh, fourth in the Lightning, fifth in the new market. So, um, really, looks very well placed indeed on the bottom weight in this race here. 
And uh, look, I'm afraid I'm going against Junipel for my value bet and uh, going against my usual uh, reliance on ratings versus weights because my value bet is not particularly well-weighted on ratings, and that's race eight, number 12, Adele Amore, who uh, is coming out of uh, a win over Blistering, who's a chance earlier uh, on the card in race two. Um, and that uh, got, got the rating up some. We've got the rating up from uh, 63 to 71 for Adele Amore, but uh, I'm more looking at uh, uh, back in the spring, splitting Barb Raider and El Patroness over 1,600 metres at Sandown. Uh, only eight starts will be on the way up, so that's Adele Amore for me. Race eight, number 12, value bet, uh, value bet, best bet race seven, number 12. Spots that there is no black type in Sydney on Saturday, but there's uh, big fields, and we might just uh, go there next. Joel, uh, what did you what, what have you found for us um, on the big 10 race Randwick card? Yeah, there's going to be some warm favorites, and I imagine James McDonald, um, scratchings aside, is going to be very short for the jockey challenge. He's got uh. Race four, number four, Alias. Race six, number three, Quintello. Andermatt in the seventh. Diamil in the eighth. And they're all, I think, under $2.30. So it could be a big day for J-Mac. I am with one of those as my best. I've got all four of them on top. But race four, number four, Alias as my best. $2.30. I was hoping he'd come up a little bit longer, but um, probably uh, probably fair enough. He's a UK import uh, that had jumped out well at Flemington on a couple of occasions. And it was certainly interesting to see Chris Waller whipping up straight to Sydney to kick off. And that was uh, at that reposition meeting at Newcastle on the Monday. And he ran very well. He got back, hit the line strongly for fourth. It was a real eye-catching run there behind his stablemate, O'President. He's had the tick-over trial in between. Gets to 1,800 second up. It just looks a, a very nice race for him. Uh, made him my best for the day. And in terms of the value, gone for... Another recent arrival to Australia in uh, race 10, number seven, you called it. Uh, this is for Chris Lees, uh, has done most of his racing down on the South Island in New Zealand, but purchased by Australian Bloodstock. And he made his local debut at Canterbury at a midweek meeting a couple of weeks ago. It was very, very heavy track. Over the 1,250 metres, and I thought he battled on quite well. He sort of Settled about fourth or fifth and, and came off the bit before the turn, but did keep battling on, didn't lose any ground and, and finished fourth. He's drawn gate one here, so he'll do no work in the run. The step up to 1,400 suits. Quite a big field here, but I think there's a long tail. There's probably only three or four winning chances. And he's uh, he come up pretty good odds, around 9 or $10. So I think he's a good play each way. All righty, uh, Morfordville, they are racing on the course proper and uh, there's a couple of stakes races there. Uh, and we kick off in race number six, which is the Aaron Irwin Stakes, but also the first leg of the quaddy. Uh, 1,100 metre group three, standard weight for age. A few of these um, are tuning up for the... Goodwood um, and trekking obviously is uh, going to be a major player at weight for age here. Swats that is in this field as well. My best at Caulfield, I believe that she's going to race at Caulfield uh, if there's not much rain, which there doesn't look like there's going to be. Anyway, how did you see the Aaron Irwin, Joel? Yeah, I have gone with number one trekking. Uh, he 
probably should have finished in the placings in the William Reed. He just stepped a bit slow. And then Damien Oliver just had to rely on luck. He was, you know, back four or five back the fence. And he played for luck. He didn't quite get it. He finished seventh, beaten just over two and a half lengths. But I think, you know, if he gets a gap at the top of the straight, I think he runs into the top three. So I think he's going well. His best form would go very, very close in a race like this. It has been 706 days since his last win. And that was the Goodwood back in 2020. So I guess that's the knock. Is that there's no recent wins, but he's often competed against the best sprinters around. So I think he can return to the winner's stall on Saturday. I've got six instant celebrity in for second. Real query runner this because she's A grade when she's right. Her form tapered off quite badly in the spring. I did hear Philip Stokes interview during the week and that's the one little query he's got on her. He thinks she's going well. She did win a trial uh, or did trial quite well recently down in Victoria. But um, yeah, you just never know with those mares that, that taper off and run a couple of bad runs, especially for her because she doesn't often run poor races. So real query runner first up. I've got Swatch that in for third uh, if she's here. And seven Bella Vella, another one returning to the track. We haven't seen her for more than a year since last year's Galaxy. Now, she was retired but uh, did not get in foal. So uh, Rosemont Stud have given her another chance to... Um, to go around on the racetrack and earn some more black type, and she shouldn't be too far away. But uh, trekking on top, one from 657. And the other black type race on the Morfordville card on Saturday is race eight. Redelva stakes, listed set weights and penalties uh, for three-year-olds, John. I'm hoping it's a big day for uh, James Cummings and Glyn Schofield because I'm with their runner here, number one, Bacchanalia. Like the setup for this horse. Really good return in the Derby Munro at Rose Hill on the heavy track. Beat all but Mazu, who's absolutely flying. He's won again since. Sent down to Melbourne for a jump out at Flemington and performed really well. And now we see him in Adelaide second up. He's two for two second up. Just going to need a few things to pan out well from the tricky gate, but I think he'll be hard to beat with even luck. 11 Libiamo could be the roughie uh, to include for Will Clarkin. First run for the stable was good. It was only a benchmark 68 three-year-old race, but she was narrowly beaten. She was hitting the line strongly there with 58. She showed good promise in her first prep uh, when Graham Begg had her. Just think there's a bit of upside with her. Six Magic Max just took too long to get out of Caulfield last time, but very strong late. He can certainly be thereabouts. And I've chucked the other Godolphin runner in for fourth, number three, Heresy, who bounced back to form last time out. Well, she was never really out of form, just bounced back to the winner's stall, I guess. Her first two runs this prep were good. Just a bit of a freshen and back to 1,200 and we saw her uh, win the PJ Bell. So she's certainly in the mix. But I've got one on top from 11, 6 and 3. And trekking was your best race, 6, number 1. Tell us about your value bet just slightly earlier on the card. Race 4, number 4, Smoke and Val. Yeah, they had her entered uh, for the Irwin Stakes, but I like this race for her much better. Uh, 1,000 metres, soft run just in behind them, and she can ping off the, off a good tempo. First up run was a little bit disappointing, but didn't really have the luck, and then went to the Manor High behind Lombardo, and I thought performed quite well. Uh, she's, a, she's a pretty good mare. There's often been tested in good company, but when she comes back to this level, she's always very hard to beat. And as I said, she just looks to, to map perfectly here and get the right run. I thought at $8.50, uh, she was a, a pretty good bet each way. Durban, the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday and massive fields throughout the nine-race card. 
Um, not sure how close a look you have had at, uh, at Doom and Joel, but uh, there are three yep. tiebreakers. Have a have a look at, race the, four. at the stakes races, for sure. Excellent. We'll, uh, we'll start in race four. It's the Eureka Stud Princess Stakes, 1,640 metres. Set weights for three-year-old fillies at a listed level. Yeah, pretty tricky race, but there's a filly I'm quite liking towards the Queensland Oaks here, and I'm following her through to that race. Number 11, Savagel. Interesting that Chris Waller's accepted with her here. He had her entered for a few races. I see he did accept for the Gold Coast Saturday, but she's already scratched. So it looks like she's coming here. Uh, she only beat one home first up at Newcastle, but just didn't have much luck. I knew 1,400 would be a bit too short. She was starting to warm up late, and, and then she just ran onto heels. And, you know, it, it probably... It might have cost her running fourth or fifth, so she wasn't going to figure in the finish. But I thought it was a pretty good run. She's well-bred by Savabeel out of a Group 1 uh, 2,000-metre winner in New Zealand. And just liked what I saw of her in her first prep. So big jump in grade, and she may still be looking for a bit further. But $34, I'm going to have a, a play on her, number 11. Uh, to beat one Mokalua, who's been contesting the strong races in Melbourne and Sydney. Third in the CUNY, three runs back. That's good enough form for this. And then I've got the O'Day Hoisted pair in for third and fourth Canadian Dancer, who's won two of three this prep, and for Taranga, who has also won two of three in her career. She's out of Tinto, uh, the Queensland Oaks winner. So she's certainly got a bit of uh, a good pedigree heading uh, towards the classic races later on. But 11 on top for me at a bit of odds from one, three, and four. Across to race seven on the Doombin card on Saturday, that's the Forex Mick Dittman plate, 1110 metres. Listed set weights for three-year-olds. Now, I'm with the Godolphin camp again here. Number two, ingratiating. Uh, we haven't seen him since the Oakley Plate back in late February. Got back, got into a bit of trouble as well, and it wasn't an easy day to make ground there. So a bit forgiving for that, and also forgiving for your first up run, because that uh, was a pretty slowly run 1,100 metres in the Rubiton. And, and again, it was a day where you couldn't make ground. So he hasn't had a lot go right this prep, but you go back to the spring, and he was pretty good against his own age. And then they threw him in against the older horses in the Manicato and he finished third to Jonker. So he just has to be at that level and he'll be very hard to beat here. Certainly respecting the Rob Heathcote pair of four Prince of Boom, who makes his own luck, will go forward and take plenty of catching. And the Philly star Tontes, who's going to need a fair bit of luck. Drawn wide, she'll be getting back. She's very, very classy. We've seen her group one placed in the surround and the flight. So she, if they overdo it up front and she gets the pace on and she gets the luck, she can win. And for a bit of a roughie, I'll throw in number nine, Miss Hipstar for four. She, uh, sort of a bit of a favourite of mine. She bobbed up and, and got a couple of stakes placings last prep, didn't win. And she's you know, probably still yet to prove herself at this sort of level, but she should get a good run and she might uh, figure in the, uh, the wider exotics. All righty. Uh, and the last of the three black type races at Doombin on Saturday is race eight, TAB Tails Stakes, 1,640 metres. It's a quality handicap listed. Yeah, this is an interesting race because it's a big field, but there's really not a lot of speed on here. Um, quite a few of them will be peaking over longer distances. Um, so it's a tricky race to work out. I've gone with six quantum mechanic. Uh, the mayor from the Price Kent Junior Yard. I thought the first up run was quite good behind Ana Visto. It didn't really get into the race at Mini Valley. The tempo, the pattern was against, and then just too heavy in the Queen of the Turf again on a day where it was hard to make ground. I think she maps closer here from a good draw, and she should get her chance. 
Uh, one private eye, I, you know, he's been tackling the, the elite company, Canterbury Stakes, George Ryder, Doncaster. He was a bit a bit ordinary in the Doncaster. It wasn't an easy race to make ground, but um, look, 61, barrier 19. They're clearly the negatives, but uh, he can win. His class will get him a long way. Four Kukaracha hasn't won since the Queensland Derby last year, and he sort of uh, don't really know where he's at. But the first up run in the Doncaster period wasn't bad. He draws gate one, so he doesn't have to get too far back. He can probably take advantage of the lack of tempo. And in for fourth, uh, I have number eight, London Banker. I thought was pretty good first up at the 13.50. He's going to peak when he gets to 2,000. But he's won eight from 23. He built a picket fence last prep, and he might just have another level to go to. So I thought um, there was enough promise showed at that first up run to include him in this tougher race. But uh, six on top from one, four, and eight. They are racing at Ascot. No black type there. Main race is race eight, the West Speed Platinum Autumn Final. Uh, over 1,200 metres and Greg Hooper's value bet comes up in that race at around about nine bucks. And that is number 12, Lord Lonsdale. Speed eight, premium choice, two, Snippalicious and 11, star present. And Hoops's best is race six, number four, Galactic Storm. Earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel, fans of New Zealand racing will be pleased to hear that the fields are back in the winning post this week and you are able to tell us about Pukekohe and Rickerton. Yeah, a couple of decent meetings. We've got black type at both venues. Uh, Pukekohe, first of all, my best bet comes up in race number five. It's a big field, few chances, but I do like number 14, Stringline. Uh, this gallop has been racing pretty consistently. Last few runs have been over the mile, including the third last time out, but I do like her back to 1,400. Both her wins have been 1,400 at Pukekohe. She draws well, gets the two kilo claim, so she's very well in with 53. I think she'll be very hard to beat. In terms of the value bet, comes up in the Easter Handicap, race seven, group three race. Um, got a seven kilo spread top to bottom, so it's a pretty open race. But uh, I like number 14, Sam I am Susie. Listeners would have heard me tip her before in recent weeks. And she's been doing a very good job. She's won two of her last five, got three placings. She stepped out to 2,000 metres at Wait for Age in a mare's race last time out and finished third. I like the setup back to 1,600 and dropping back to a handicap with 53 kilos on her back. So I think she can run you a really good race. And at Rickerton, the best comes up in the last race, 10 Number 16, Feelin' Fancy, who's three runs this time in. Haven't been too bad. Uh, I liked the second up effort when fourth last time out. Didn't have a lot go right. And I thought just looked ready to peak here at an each way price. And my value bet is in the Warstep Stakes Lister race for three-year-old fillies. A race that uh, a tissue won last year before crossing the Tasman. Uh, look, number one, Reputa Bell's got a picket fence. She's won her last four. But I thought uh, Bergie... Number four, the daughter of Gibberlines could test the favourite here. She got a long way back in the key lead-up race a couple of weeks ago and ran on really well for fifth. I think the step up to 2,000 is certainly going to be to her advantage. Excellent. All right, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Lazy 
Well, Joel, I hope you learned your lesson last week going to Toowoomba on Thursday. Um, so you still need to get back on the board. Uh, Daniel and I took fairly soft options and did both get up, me with Clemenceau, he with Mamunia. I am going to go to Caulfield on Saturday and take one of the better-weighted ones. I'm slightly nervous that you are opposing it, but it is race six, number one, Bello Bow. What about you? Yeah, I've learnt my lesson. Toowoomba on a, on a Thursday before Good Friday, never again. Um, my best is in Sydney, um, race four, number four, Elias. Yeah, around 2.20, 2.30. Short enough, but I think he's a, quite a progressive import, this bloke, and he can get on the board second up. Excellent. Well, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online as we speak to you. Uh, it might be in the shops as you listen to this because uh, it will be their first thing Friday with all the form for Friday night, fields for the other Friday meetings, uh, form for the Tamworth Cup as well. Uh, and then our usual Saturday and Sunday coverage. Uh, Daniel, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you then on the preview podcast.